From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. I'm surprised there was that like no like a joint came out. Uh, <laughs> my homies pour. can't have none. Cancel. <laughs> <laughs> little pour 19 crimes. That's man. yeah, that poured like a crime. <laughs> this bottle is a crime. Look at this like frosted glass. Frosted glass. Yeah, it's nice. Hey everybody, welcome to the winemakers. I'm John Myers with Bart Hanson. Oh, Bart is is ready to Unique. appear. And <laughs> Sam and uh, Ryan. So we have James Joyner, who is a photographer extraordinaire and marketing genius, and he's going to talk to us. We're, we are actually serving Snoop Dogg wine, and we're going to have nineteen fun. crimes, Cali Red. Have fun with it. <laughs> this is the this is the like white elephant bottle. Every winemaker on the West Coast has touched this bottle, and we're the. Yeah, so it actually started on the East Coast, and this wine has been passed through a bunch of different hands, and finally you wound up with me, um, I think because someone didn't like me, and uh, and I brought it here, because why not? I also have three of the wines from the winery I work for, which are excellent, and then all of them. <laughs> and that's the House of Smith? House of Smith wines, yeah. Right. Um, oh, wow. Hmm. But most people have seen this wine, if you've, like, if you've been in it's Safeway, all over, right? It's all it, over the internet. Yeah. Oh, 19 Crimes Cali Red Snoop Dogg wine. If you haven't seen this wine, I don't think you've left your house. Yeah. Right. Well, like people, this, there are people who haven't left their house in the last couple of years. Is uh, this a Sonoma market? Composition. This is in every market. Composition, red wine. <laughs> Origin, <laughs> California. Can I be honest with you? The fact that this doesn't smell like weed is a massive fail. Right? Well, I Massive mean, fail on the part of whoever 19 Crimes I've had... It is, it is the aged, 20th crime. Aged Chablis. That smells like ganja. It taste. I didn't. I didn't swallow any. <laughs> but I'm watching Brian. I'm now getting the mega purple residuals of it. Yeah, Chemicals. Wow, you just grew an antler. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we interrupted you. To... <laughs> oh my god! Someone melted a popsicle in my wine. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm taking it. You guys didn't like that. It's a I, little sweet. I think if you froze it and put a stick in it and yeah. fed it to children, and it didn't have alcohol in it, obviously, it would be popular. Well, if you froze it, the alcohol would evaporate. Okay. <laughs> if you weren't near a school. Right. <laughs> if you weren't near a school, you might oh get away God. with it. It's one, is, of the, it's one of the 19 crimes. Also, Do we know what the 19 crimes are? I don't know, well, let's but talk about this, that. this Snoop Dogg on the cork right here on the composite actually cork. subtracts one, and now it's 18 crimes, because that's rad. Yeah, that is pretty dope. <laughs> Every winemaker should have their portrait uh, on the... Uh, wow. Should I put my port... Uh, I'm going to put on the, the one, of, one of the portraits of me that James took there and developed with wine. On, a on can. the cork, on a that's can. so on meta. The cork. Dude, we just right. broke the internet. That's Kardashian level <laughs> meta. That's mm-hmm. Kim Kardashian's butt pouring champagne. <laughs> Does she have a wine brand yet? She must. I'm sure they do. Yeah, probably. It's got to be a rosé. A uh, thousand yeah. percent. Yeah. Yeah, they got Something to. you can crush out at the pool. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> but it does kind of taste a cross like between polish. a red wine and a port. This? Yeah. Yeah, red wine, port, uh, fruit compote, maple syrup, and Ooh, maple, maybe yeah. just vanilla mm-hmm. extract. Yeah. And sadness. And sadness. So much sadness. Yeah, well, Snoop is so, so pretty damn joy. soul searching bitterness. So much joy in the amount of. What are the money odds that, that Snoop Dogg drinks this? Oh. I don't think he does. No. Um, you he know might... what? I, uh, you throw like 
a blunt rolled in the really sweet backwoods. I was gonna uh, say so like if he a, like dipped a, like his blunt in it and let it dry. Well, I mean, it could you know, like when you like dip your cigar into yeah. some cognac or something. Um, Snoop Dogg doesn't drink this. If Snoop Dogg drinks wine, he drinks wine that somebody tells him to spend a whole bunch of money on. Yeah, right. Yeah, I wonder. So this bottle's been through so much, and like I said, it sat in my car through like Sonoma heat. Like, it might actually be better than if you buy it. I don't think. I think. Out, I think this one is impervious to. <laughs> yeah, to in like four thousand years, Earth yeah. will be like the Morlocks, a cockroach, and Cali Red, and, and nineteen grams Cali Red. <laughs> Perfect. Ooh. So this is the boy Grenache made by House of Smith. This one is actually excellent. Ninety nine point Grenache um, from Washington. Wow. So James, somebody's rating it high. Uh, someone did rate it very high. We and well deserved, in my opinion. If you my totally unbiased. Thing. If you Google James Joyner, oh man, which I did. Uh, my weed bus comes just out. now. Your weed does it really? <laughs> <laughs> Depends what you Google. I didn't yes. get. I didn't get there. I should have. Oh man, you should. No, you know. Um. The bylines are heavy. You got Daily Beast, uh, Vice, Esquire. You're like in defense of cargo shorts. Um, (laughs) I do hold the honor for writing the most... Uh, articles in defense of cargo shorts. Uh, but you ever carry shit well, like lenses journals? and cables and stuff. I mean, cargo shorts make sense. Yeah, right? I love cargo. I mean, yeah. and also I love right. cargo. Shorts. Well, but it also isn't the record of in defense of cargo shorts in high fashion magazines. You needed one to break that record, right? Uh, well, I have three, okay. um, four, <laughs> three, three that got rated. But um, yeah, I've done a lot of a lot of weird stuff. So I. Um, so how did you end up in wine? Like you're, I mean, you're developing film in wine. Yep. We talked about you. Well, did we really talk about that? We haven't. We, no, we st- talked about that on the last podcast. Bro, the last podcast. <laughs> and and you could say the things that you do to develop the, and second time around, John will understand it and Brian and I will be like, oh yeah, that's cool. Well, I'm a photographer. I understand what's going on. Right. And I, you know, I took photography in high school and college when you developed film and things. See, I did. But it was. We, we just, I, we, I don't know. I didn't know the science. I had, right. You put in three cups of this one, and then you take in a cup of that one, and then you, you shake you it. You and don't drink any of it. You had, you had right. to buy it. I I used to get these little Kodak Tri-Chem kits uh-huh. that were I I do it in bowl my mom's bowls and just yeah I mean I didn't have anything but I I, I use my wife's bowls I would tape <laughs> I would tape up the windows so it was dark and then then I finally built a darker but I'm talking about age twelve I built a nice and larger at age twelve it was very cool I still have that first print. That makes me a pack rat. <laughs> you want to rinse for the for the, last for the nineteen crimes? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think we just roll it, just layer it out. Yeah, this is the yeah, this know. is the the J Joiner blend. Yeah. Oh God! Actually, <laughs> I'm pretty. Ex- I I really love this the Golden West Pinot Noir that we make. It's yeah. uh, the only Pinot cool Noir label from too. Washington. The um, only Pinot Noir. It looks Noir like a California Washington. label. It looks like uh, a throwback. I can't uh, say it's the only Pinot Noir from Washington. It, Charles, the winemaker and owner of our company, uh, is the only winemaker to to go big with Pinot Noir in Washington. It's a it's a new thing over the past few years, and it's it's fucking incredible. It's rad. What he's doing with it is amazing. Um, it's definitely a swan song. So, um, but uh, hi. so so you're hi, you know, you're writing for Esquire, you're writing for here. Daily Beast. You're yeah, now so- you're now in wine marketing and developing <laughs> Film films and with wine. Um, should I give him back his mic? We no, could no. share. No, no, no. We could duet this. I don't think that I have anything. Captain Attenielli? <laughs> oh, you can be mean to you me. Need gla- you need a glass. I'm at my best when people are. Do mean you need me. a shot of of Malort? <laughs> you know what? It's not about you. 
Well, it depends how mean you are you to me. Teenager. Um, <laughs> I have one of those. Do you need some Malort? We could find the Malort. Do you need oh, some I, 19 crimes? I want a bottle of Malort. Oh, we'll send you home I, with I a bottle of Malort. I thought about it when I left the other day that, holy shit, I didn't leave with my Malort. I, I, what is Malort? It's like something out of Chicago. Harry it's, Potter. It's a crop Harry out Potter. of yeah. Chicago. It's, it's, a, it's a Chicago land liqueur. Ooh. It's sort of... Um, it's like Jankum? I don't know. It's, that's the alcohol they make in prison out of prison. Sounds like it should be. <laughs> oh, I thought it was Pruno. Uh. Um, no, it's, it's um, like a botanical it's very kind of like it's like a harsh high alcohol vermouth kind oh. of thing going on to it um intriguing. you know i think it, i'd put it in the same category as like uh underberg and frenet kind hmm. of thing uh, but it's apparently it's m- made by this one distillery in chicago and i heard and since last week it's right. sold out since we since we gave it the, the winemakers podcast yeah. bump um well, Kevin Burns listened to it and he said when he's out in Chicago, when he's ready to go home, he starts buying all his friends shots of Malort because they know it's like that'll be the last thing they'll drink. And then you drink the Malort and you're like, all right, I'm, I'm done. I'm going home. So that's I think that's the Malort market. Okay. It's an aperitif. <laughs> the Malort market is barflies when it's time to call. Yeah, it's, it's, how, to, it's how to get your friends to quit drinking beer and go home. <clears throat> Send a send a round of shots of Malort around. Some of that golden west. Yes, have some. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> wait, was the Thank question you. how did I get into wine marketing? How did you? What what was your like? How did you get into wine, and then how did you get into wine marketing? So I got into wine, um, and and I have I guess I've done a ton of different weird things. That it, the penultimate, like the peak of it right now, is I'm the director of marketing for a winery in Washington. Um, but uh, I got into wine because of your uncle Tony, actually. Um, and stayed in Massachusetts. Cool. Um, yeah. So I knew someone who owned a wine shop in Hyannis, Massachusetts. I'm from Cape Cod. And uh, he was there, and I had an occasion to go in, and I, I did. And he was pouring wine. I was not a drinker at all. I didn't really drink at all until I was in my 30s. Um, and he. Poured me, I believe it's the Alberello. The Alberello, so, yeah, and proprietary was, Tony Cateri blend. Um, at the time, I thought it was a grape, but yeah. Wait, and what year do you think this was? Two thousand nine, ten, eleven. I'm really bad. Like my short term memory and concept of time is. You know, I, I, we can get. We haven't <laughs> talked about those stories yet, but there's reasons. <laughs> um. So <laughs> enhanced. I met Tony. Yeah, and uh, he poured it. And, you know, I don't know if it was the wine per se, because I grew up around wine. My parents drink wine. My dad loved fine wine. Um, and it just never appealed to me. I think there were some moments when I was, like, you know, 20, walking around with a jug of Carlo Rossi and, like, a Dylan Thomas book. But, like, nobody was – that wasn't for the wine, let's be honest. So um, I also, you know, smoked Dunhill cigarettes at the time. So whatever. Oh, yeah, Dunhill. <laughs> very – the most sophisticated could, guy I've got. Buy, you can buy them at 7-Eleven but still feel sophisticated. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, like this tastes like shit. Both these things taste like shit, but the ladies, no. Um, anyway, uh, met Tony and tasted the wine. And I don't know if it was the wine itself, which um, I haven't revisited, um, or the story that came with the wine yeah. that got me into it. But I've always gravitated to stories and always loved anything with a good story behind it. And I guess in a lot of ways, I've devoted my life to telling stories, of either making them up about myself or other people. 
not making them up sometimes. But, uh, and it just hooked me from there. And so and now I'm not in journalism. I'm in marketing because I was yeah, making up. Now the I sell marketing. No. Um, so from there, just started trying other wines and, you know, it's, it's, was actually recently talking to, uh, Brennan Layton, who's the winemaker or the VP of winemaking at House of Smith about kind of the cycle that my palate is taking going from Tony's wine and then, you know, with a, I'm going to get in trouble saying this, but like a novice palate or something like that, you know, you go through like the super, super big wines cause it tastes impressive and like it should be impressive. So like the orange swift, like synchronon stuff and then coming out the other end of it. Orange, Orange Swift, Swift and, and Sinequinon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but they're both, they're all huge wines. Right. I'm happily. <laughs> so this is a large. Long... So what's going to happen here is, is Ornery Bardis is going to take pot shots <laughs> off mic. Bart's right. like, wait, I love Sinequinon <laughs> wines. <laughs> I've never tasted one. Bart's just, he just finally made the list. His, uh, got his, his, his Saxum allocation. So. And it was sold out. And it was sold out. Yeah. No way. So there's. I have a couple of Th- that and that and revisiting sophomore year in high school. <laughs> Bart's, Bart's a little pissy Man, this morning. You must be like a Napa native if if Saxon style wines and sophomore year in high school because <laughs> <Right. laughs> my sophomore year in high school is like weed that smelled like old dreadlocks and sadness. <laughs> No, you know, to See, defend myself, it's, it's, it's that I have a sophomore <laughs> and I've just been gone for, what, an hour and a half of sophomore drama and I'm just trying to break back into it. And so that's all it's that's You should have had some 19 Good crimes. <laughs> I have a 19-year-old daughter right. <laughs> <laughs> who goes to UC Santa Cruz or did. Um, I'd love to hear what Bart thinks about 19 crimes. He didn't. We didn't he jumped right into the Golden West. He jumped, yeah, right into the Pinot Noir from Washington. That's just me and Joe. Now, look yeah. at the difference between in colors between your Cab Franc and this Pinot. Isn't that amazing? I mean, you know, this is this is why we do wine, right? I mean, ostensibly, it's different. the same product, grape grape juice fermented into wine, but... Uh, not the 19 Crimes. Not yeah. the 19 Crimes. Right, the 19 Crimes <laughs> is several All things. All 19 Crimes have to do with winemaking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wonder exactly how they do make that. Are you just drink it out of the it's, bottle? It's only going to get better. It's only going to get better. You're not. <laughs> it's just opening up and coming alive. I'm pretty sure you could just leave that open out here for like the next six months and drink it. There's we're going to actually, we're going to put it in our fruit fly traps. <laughs> it's actually a bummer that it actually says Sonoma on the back. Does it really? Oh, because yeah, vented and bottled in 19 Crimes Sonoma, California. Wait, who, who does that? Um, well, I think the, the I mystery think there was a. I think there was an Australian one too. I think Casey Graybell where... doing the naughties. <laughs> it might be. It might be coming out of one of. I mean, it's no, it's coming really out of nice Constellation, right? Uh... I mean, there's. I mean, there's those two massive bottling plants down there. So it's. It's so right. Um, Constellation. They didn't sell the Ravenswood Quarry when they sold the Ravenswood brand to Gallo. So right. that could be a place where it's coming. I and, mean, that, and, they make a they can you can make a couple million cases in that building, right? And then and then there's what was the old Glen Ellen bottling plant, which was then um, I don't think it was ever Constellation, but what's the other Treasury Treasury? Right, so that's right there next to could be coming out of Treasury, right next to us. Yeah. If there's a if there's an Australian version of this, Treasury is probably the answer, huh? 
I don't know why I thought 19 grand no, was Australian. To be was, honest with you, I, I don't know. But... That's because because uh, Australia's history is a penal colony, right? <laughs> Could be, right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and when it doesn't have Snoop Dogg on the cover, there's kind of an Australian-looking dude. Right. Am, am I stereotyping? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a tin type of a prisoner. Right. <laughs> He's ruddy. Um, <laughs> God, my house is going to get blown up. Right. Um, anyway, what were we talking about? <laughs> I don't know. Well, developing, developing. Let's talk about developing. Oh, no, 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 no. Brian. Snoop Dogg and Willie Nelson. Okay. So. so, so no, 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 no. It was Australian also. It yeah. was. Yeah. Okay. Bart's so doing research over here. Perfect. So Snoop Dogg and Willie Nelson. My, my Snoop Dogg and Willie Nelson story is. Um, so I worked at the Daily Beast. I was a journalist uh, for a long time. And um, I through a series of of lucky circumstances and knowing people got to be the journalist who broke the story about Willie's Reserve uh which is Willie Nelson's weed brand to the general public and got to do a series of interviews one of those interviews was not an interview but it was smoking weed with Willie on his tour bus um, seems like a, a requ- requisite bucket I list mean, it, well it was, first of all bucket list but also if you're going to write that story you got to do that be um I can only be held sort of responsible for, you know, the veracity of any story that comes from there because the rest of that day was spent in a pen with a miniature donkey staring at this guy because Willie Nelson's weed is out of fucking hand. Um, (laughs) Surprise. But uh, so I was on the bus, smoked a joint with him, and we're there talking. I remember we were talking about all of a sudden the bathroom. In my memory, it's the bathroom door to the bus. It could have been the back room. But in my memory, it is very clearly the bathroom door. It opens and Snoop Dogg comes out. And without inflection, without any like any accent, he's like, hey, what's up, man? My name's Calvin. And my fucking head exploded. I had nothing left to say and then spent the rest of the Calvin, day. you look a lot like Snoop Dogg. <laughs> <laughs> well, his real name is Calvin. No, 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 so, uh, But I, at the moment, didn't register that. At the moment, I was just trying to make do with the fact that somehow I was shrinking but everything else is getting bigger, but also I was getting bigger. And it was shrinking. It was quite an effect. And then um, right, and, and someone who, who led me by you... the hand off the bus. Right. And, and then... Question. Snoop Dogg, when he's not in Snoop Dogg character, but as right. Calvin. Right. Does he still, like? I mean, I, you know, like my mind, like you close your head. Snoop Dogg at the Super Bowl just now. They wouldn't let him wear his blue bandana or whatever, so his entire outfit was blue bandana. I don't know if you saw that. So you just like you think of like Snoop Dogg fitted, yeah, <laughs> in full Snoop Dogg attire, right? When he steps out of the bathroom on Willie Nelson's tour bus and introduces himself as Calvin, is he like you know wearing blue Is he is he wearing like no, basketball shorts and a polo shirt? Like what I don't is, remember what he was wearing. My and I've thought about this because I've told this story a bunch. Um, I actually think that Snoop Dogg is not a character. I think Snoop Dogg is just Snoop Dogg at this yeah, point, yeah. and I think he was fucking with me. I'm 95 like, percent yeah, sure he was like, "There's some journalists up here. I'm gonna fuck with him. high as hell." And I mean, more power to him. the The big fail is that I left before also sharing the joint with Snoop Dogg. Right. So, I mean, does Snoop Dogg share his joints? 100. percent I was actually just listening to a podcast with a photographer who was shooting him for some campaign. Uh, some corporate campaign right. and Snoop Dogg passed him the joint and he took a hit and you know the the director of photography or the creative director on set was like you can't do that you're gonna get in trouble and Snoop Dogg stopped the shoot and was like if anyone's gonna yell at this guy for smoking weed 
they're fired <laughs> and just shut right, it down. Like right. if Snoop Dogg passes you the joint, you take the joint. It's like right. Willie Nelson. If he yeah. passes you, I don't care if you don't smoke weed. I don't care if you're the president. I don't care who you are. You take that joint, you smoke it. So that's my that's my question. Did you go into that bus going, all right, today's today's the day in this series of interviews that I'm going to get high I with didn't Willie know Nelson? that I was smoking with Willie Nelson. That was like, that yeah, was the, it I wasn't it was like, happening. it wasn't like, okay, well, I really want to talk about his childhood pony. And uh, then, no, no he no, hands we you were, a joint. I knew that we were talking about Willie's Reserve. Um, you know, the whole premise of my being, I mean, it's an event that I go to every year. It's like a festival that they put on. But um, the premise of my going on the bus at that moment was to talk to him about Willie's Reserve and to break the story. So you expected the joint to be lit? I was I, I was under the assumption that any time you get on Willie's bus with him, there is a joint. And, and, and how does that go? As a journalist on the bus, <laughs> not that I'm like preparing my moment for this, right. but I am. Um, how? Do, what does he say? He's like, "Hey, hey, James, hit this," or I just actually, like he fires it and hands it to you I, with I no think words. You just get on. So I was on there. Sit, like I don't know if you've ever been on a tour bus, but there's like the benches on the side, and there's like a little table. He's at the table. You're sitting there talking to him, and he just lights a joint and hands it to you. It's like. I don't think he's thinking about it like I'm going to smoke a joint with this guy. I think he's like I'm going to smoke joint number 973 no. today. This guy's here. Maybe he'll want some in front of me. It'd be rude and, and, and it'd be real weird if he said no because um, don't harsh the because I'm Willie Nelson. Because you're Willie Nelson. And if you're on Willie's bus and you don't take the joint, I'm pretty sure you just disappear. I mean, he's gone. Just I, 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 I have to share this story f- f- with you. These guys might have heard of this, but the f- one of the first concerts I ever saw was Willie Nelson. And it was Harris Lake Tahoe. Okay. And we were standing around waiting to get him to sign autographs for us. And a woman came up and said, Willie, I'd like an autograph. And he said, well, sure. What am I going to sign? And she pulled down her top and he signed her breasts. And those were the first breasts that I'd ever seen in my, you know, pubescent life. So outside I, of my mom's. Outside of my mom's, yes. Um, so, so, so thank you. <laughs> right. So, so thank you, Willie, for that. But if I could, if I could end my life with smoking a joint with him on the bus, that would be like the full circle, right? Full circle, like 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 fourteen and seeing that, and then like you know. See, I feel like if you were really going to go full circle, you would smoke a joint with him, and then he would sign your chest, (laughs) or you would sign his, which sounds a lot more awkward, a lot less likely. Anyway, um, so uh, because of that moment, that's when I had the aha moment of developing film with wine. That's a getting, complete. That's a fabrication. That's getting high with Willie Nelson. Yeah, no, like, that's not true. I'm, I'm the two things have nothing sun, to do with each other. This donkey yeah. is over me. I'm standing there in a pen with what I recall being miniature donkeys. They may or may not have been miniature. Uh, and my friend People. Ryan, who's a <laughs> reporter at Rolling Stone now, um, like checking in on me occasionally to yeah. make sure that I'm okay. There must so, be some good shit. Yeah, you can. Yeah. There's an art. You can read the story at DailyBeast.com. If you Google my name, Willie Nelson, Daily Beast, it comes up. <laughs> but we're st- no no 19 crimes go you, you know what's remarkable about the wine it's it's only 14 one alcohol and that's probably because <laughs> because they stopped fermentation with about four grams yeah i mean is it even fermented in, in my head it's like you know you go into a bodega in new york and they have like merlot drink like it's like you're talking about like like Cabernet drink because they can't sell wine in bodegas, but they have wine. Right. I feel like this is that. 
Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm totally ruining your chances of getting an ID Grimes ad on the podcast. No. Yeah. Honestly, if I'd rather. What happened after I left? <laughs> we drank through the entire 16600 fall release. And then we opened a bottle of 19 Crimes because that's the only logical thing to do after you drink a $150 bottle of Oakville Ranch Cabernet Franc. Is pivot to 19 Crimes. An old and haggard bottle of 19 Crimes. <laughs> that's been bouncing around across the country in the back of a Subaru. <laughs> Shaken, not stirred. Uh, so, photography. Photography. Yeah, so, I got into wine through meeting Tony. Right. Um, and he actually... A few months after that, I was on the West Coast for work, and he's also the first winemaker that I ever photographed uh, in the vineyard and interviewed. Up at at the property on Enterprise Road. Yeah. Um, And uh, still, to this day, one of the coolest experiences um, going out there and seeing how it was made. I did interviewed him. I want to say this same trip, I also uh, wound up interviewing Les Claypool um, about Claypool Cellars, which was also pretty cool, but very, 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 very different. Um, in a lot of ways, and similar in some so, other ways, <laughs> and, and yeah, and also similar. In other ways. So, um, but my background, you know, my background is in uh, just being. I don't even know what my background is. So I, I didn't really even have a job till I was like twenty seven. I just like lived in a car and was a degenerate. Um, and then uh, met my Were wife. You on fish tour? Uh, I did a lot of fish tour, mm-hmm. um, which has come full circle. I was also their photographer for a little while. Right. Uh, I have photographed some fish shows. Did a bunch with Mike Gordon, which is great. Um, but yeah, wound up needing to get a job. Got a job. Uh, realized that I don't like selling things, even though I'm I'm good at it. And decided to get into the only other thing that I was good at, which is writing. So I launched an alt weekly um, on Cape Cod with the help of a newspaper there. Um, and through that, got into photography. This is like 2004, 2005. Um, we needed photos taken. The one or two photographers for this newspaper had more important things to do than go take pictures of whatever we were writing out for our little alt weekly. Like, free, what was it called? Uh, the alt weekly. Yeah. COD. 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 Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so there's, there's just a whole lot. Right. Is it still, in a, does it still run? Still- no. So that got killed. About a year in, they decided to launch Enterprise Newspaper is what the paper was called. It was in like one county on Cape Cod. And they decided to launch in another county. So they killed that to launch the other one. Um, I left and uh, went to work for like a weekly real newspaper called the Barnstable Patriot for a little while. And yeah, so no longer had that job. Launched my <laughs> launched my own uh, alt-weekly like magazine um, and then got rid of that. And just because I'd gotten into photography at this point, uh, kept shooting, um, had started writing for bigger outlets, um, everyone from, you know, the New York Times the, to Vice, Rolling Stone, like you name it. And had a lot of friends of mine that I'd met along the way had gone on to become pretty successful in their world. So got to shoot a lot of really cool music, um, got really into shooting film and especially Polaroids at that point. So there was this company, The Impossible Project. Uh, that had bought the last Polaroid factory as Polaroid was going out of business and reverse engineered. They didn't get the process to make it. They just got the factory. They reverse engineered how to make the film. And I was lucky enough, uh, one of a series of fortuitous events in my life or career where I was lucky enough to meet them at that point and to be one of the people that got to work alongside them, you know, testing their film and shooting it. So kind of got a spotlight put on my work there. Um, And through all that, Ultimately, wound up working at Esquire magazine and then at the Daily Beast, and now I'm the director of marketing for a winery. 
So where along this path did developing wine, film and red wine happen? Uh, that was about five five years ago. So I left the Daily Beast um, mid-election cycle when Trump got elected. I went to the RNC and the DNC and had kind of a meltdown because I've never been a political reporter. I'm like a food, wine, music, culture guy. Cargo um, shorts. And so I had like, you know, a panic attack. Uh, and Wait, wait, can we talk about that? So what are you talking about? Actually going to the conventions? Yeah, I was at the as a, RNC. As a journalist. Yeah, as a right. journalist, I was. Um, so I was what, at the RNC and the DNC shooting and writing. Because, yeah. I mean, you know, we watch it on TV, but I mean, I can just imagine what it's like being there. It's fucking horrible. Being around a bunch of people <laughs> that are in this different universe. Well, right? it's strange. So, like, the, the RNC was crazy in Cleveland. You know, it was um, everything from, like, college girls in t-shirts that said red and white and better than you like running around and where you're like what what what's happening like open carry marches like snipers on roofs and just like anti-abortion billboards and i'm like what hellscape is this slash is this just what ohio's like i don't know um and it's just get sorry ohio since it's been back many times and i love your state try try wisconsin right now uh, yeah. my wife is from wisconsin not touching that with a 10-foot pole but um <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh excellent cheese um so, yeah. <laughs> so um but the vibe must just be so weird being it's, in there it's insane because uh, it's like you're on another planet like just listening to those people on tv well and it's like creeps me RNC, out but to be in a, a room with a bunch of people that are all of like two mind, vibes are very different right the rnc to me felt and i'm biased um my politics are not really a secret but the rnc to me felt like going to like your weird inbred cousin's picnic but like your inbred cousin has like a shitload of money and hates everyone. Yeah. And you're like, okay, this is really weird. But also like a lot of like bald people with orange complexions and like, it was just a strange vibe. Um, the DNC in some ways was almost worse. It was like, I believe, and I could be wrong on this. The DNC was like produced by Shonda Rhimes or something like that. But like there was some, something to it, or it was like the woman from Grey's Anatomy produced the <laughs> DNC. And I was like, what? That doesn't make sense. But then you get there and it does make sense because it's just a bunch of weird over the top personalities like playing roles. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, looking at these two. I, well, I was just going to say, so is that I mean, they need a producer because it's a production. It's right? definitely a production. Saying? Yeah, it's, it's I mean, it, it's a and it really TV is. Show. It's a TV show. But and I think that's what broke me is the realization that all of it is a TV show, yeah. except not to us normal lay people who have to live in this world. So then... Well, and basically they were asking you to play a role in the show. And to some degree, yeah. Right? I mean, to the Daily Beast credit, they were never like, this is the angle you're taking, you're going to write about this. And I was far from far from their star political correspondent. You know, like we, we had Olivia Nuzzi and some like truly brilliant to this day political journalists. But I was not one. I believe I wrote uh, who's who like a comedic snarky take of like the who's who of protesters outside of the DNC or something. I don't remember what I wrote. I just remember being like, I'm out of my element. This is clearly the way that journalism and this publication is going to go. And I don't have it in me to do this. Like, for example, my editor at the Daily Beast, who I brought with me from Esquire when I went over there, uh, Ben Collins is now like NBC News is like QAnon and deep state expert. And it's just like that's gotta like fuck with your head. I cannot imagine what his life is like, but I mean, it's like it, I can't, I can't. 
I can't wrap my head around it. There's not enough wine to like quell my nerves thinking about the darkness that lurks like in the world that he has to deal with on a day to day basis. So I was, I was like, I'm just going to run away from this and take pictures of like fly fishing and wine drinking, uh, and you know, do a bunch of work with conservation groups. And so that's what I did. Um, but in the, in the mix of it all, I got really into analog photography. Um, and through my good friend, Ian Sullivan, um, who owns a bakery on Cape Cod called the underground bakery and is kind of like, a I, I can't even think of a way to explain, like he's like Q from James Bond where he just like create, like can invent, like he builds watches from scratch and like builds cameras out of spare parts. Like he's just a wizard. Um, we were developing film in Caffeinol, which is like instant coffee. And I was like, I wonder if you could do it in red wine. And he's like, we figure it out. Wait, but why were you doing it in instant coffee? Because the you think you realized that the because you can't. Okay, I wasn't sure if maybe it was a chemical where oh, you realize yes. that. So the, there is a chemical process that happens in there. So it's the from my understanding, I could be a little wrong on this. Someone can reach out and right. me. We don't really fact check. Don't yeah, we? it's the caffeic oh. acid. Um, so which is similar. It's a phenol similar to caffeine, All which right. is also found in red wine um, and in white wine. In fact, uh, just in from my understanding, a lesser amount. So you can develop film in red wine. You can also do it in white wine. In my experience, it has not worked as well. I do have a theory that if you let it sit in the tank for a few hours, it would probably work because I've gotten it to work with some, um, I used a Herman Story Rosé, which is like a really, they're very red yeah. rosés. Um, and that sort of worked. Um, and I feel like had I let it go longer, it would have probably hmm. worked more. Um, but I think it has to do with the tannin left right. over in this. Yeah. So maybe we'll be able to post some pictures showing, you know, this. But I think he has pictures can, of us. I do. Yeah. Oh. Um, Which is what everybody in the world needs. Yes. To right. See yes. Exactly. Clearly. Right. Yes. Um, my question is, is, is there an obvious distinction between the instant coffee, the wine and traditional materials used? Uh, visually, when you look at it? Yeah. Yes. So, um, yes especially in my opinion, the wine. So with instant coffee, sometimes you'll have a brownish tint. Sometimes you won't. It depends on the film stock and the instant coffee. Um, with the wine, for the most part, um, there's like a reddish hue to it, like a rusty hue. And I actually think it has more saturation in contrast. So if you scan in colors, if you scan it in black and white, it's just going to look like black and white film. Okay. But if you scan it in color, um, there's like a, the depending on the wine it'll absorb absorb more of it and if you look through i'll give you a bunch of photos even if you look through like photos from the same session with different film stocks developed in the same wine um there's that'll look a little bit different um and i've even found some variation on the same film stock like like from one roll of film but i suspect that has to do with me loading it to the tank wrong or like certain parts of the film getting more than others and i'm not agitating it enough um but yeah, so when I realized what it was in the caffeine that made it work, I asked my friend Ian if he could figure out, because he's a wizard at this sort of thing, how to reverse engineer it, and he did. Um, and then it's a little bit different from wine to wine, uh, but it's basically the same. And I've gotten to the point where based on kind of the look of the wine and the glass, I can tell yeah. how much it's going to take. So the, the real project is shooting... Um, winemakers and wine people that I like or admire or am inspired by and then processing it in their favorite bottle of red wine. And ultimately it'll be a book. And how did you guys get connected? 
Instagram? Yeah, I think it was Instagram. Yeah, he um, kept going, I want to come take a picture of you with wine. And I'm like, what is this fucking guy messaging me about? <laughs> he wants to take a picture of my father and wine. I'm like, oh, man, I have to explain this to Phil. Right. Um, <laughs> exactly. Who got it pretty quick, actually. Yeah. yeah. Because you were because you did it instead of me. That's fair. Yeah. So I think right. yeah, because exactly. of the Katuri name, um, I found 16600 because of Katuri yeah. and um, loved the wines and obviously knew who Phil was and then figured out who Sam was and was like, oh, I definitely want to take pictures of them. And now that I live out here, so this has been an ongoing project since like 2015 or 16, but it's just when I'm out here or when I'm around, you know, like the Boston Wine Expo or whatever, like I got Randall Graham and some people. It's like, but now that I'm out here in the thick of it, it's easier to track people down. So yeah. I've been harassing people a lot more. Um, and Sam was just someone, I think we followed each other on Instagram and just found him. And have you been back to see Tony? I have not yet. No, in fact, Tony is one of the people that I haven't shot with the wine film yet. And you and you and then you wonder, can could you shoot Tony and develop it with cider? Well, and to so take it a step works. further, I did a thing with Fat Tire, <laughs> processing film and developing it in beer. Fat Tire in this magazine, Monster Children, a whole process on it. It does work, so it might work with cider. Uh, stickiness could be an issue if it's mm. not super dry. Right? No, I was just thinking that he <laughs> needs to. Um, you need to meet um, Mike the Baker. I don't know who that is, but sure. Mm. So I think he's the one that's doing the project with Tony. Are they still doing that together? Hard to say. Okay. (laughs) But Mike is one of those guys who bakes bread, who does it the old school way, um, shows up at the, still showing up at the Tuesday night market. People can't see me on the podcast, but if you saw me, you know my stunning physique was built by a passion for bread. (laughs) And this guy's bread is next level. Oh, man. It's It's like baking and bread. Stays up 24 hours to get it all prep so that when he shows up at the farmer's market it is like in its peak form which farmer's market is this friday morning at depot park here up the street mm-hmm. and then tuesday evenings in the summertime on the plaza oh wow wrapped in like, the butcher paper with the string and oof. don't talk while you're in line right it's it's it's, it's a little bit like he's <laughs> like you know the soup not the soup. bread for sure right <laughs> no bread for you i yeah. cry maybe fist fights uh and but he's you know he gr- it's organic grains three-day fermentation you know oh wow that's why that's why he like really that's the the it's not his teenage son he has no children that i know of or he knows of uh it's the fact that when you see him at at eight o'clock and nine o'clock at the farmer's market he's been up for like two days making the bread wow so great imagery too baking bread it's just be kind of fun yeah yeah i've um Uh, with my friend ian that he's a baker he owns a bakery Shot a lot of people, a lot of pictures of people making bread yeah. or cookies, mostly because I get to be there when it comes out. Of yeah, bread. right. <laughs> um, so it's, that's the wine film project. But through whenever I get into something, I get obsessed with it. And so I got really into wine um, and through I actually forget how I met Charles Smith, who's the owner of House of Smith Wines, iconic Washington winemaker. I met him in like 2011 ish. Um at a psychedelic music festival and we just became friends. Um, and as I started doing freelance creative stuff, um, started working with a few different winemakers, worked with a bunch of outdoor brands and it just kind of segued into wine. Um, Charles and I had been friends along, but had never really worked together and then started doing, a, we worked together on one project called Pop Up and then a few things. And then he wound up, uh, his, his director of marketing left last fall. Um, and I just kind of stepped in and started helping out. And as of June 1st, I got the job. So here I am. So you're doing you're doing copy and uh, photography. Uh, copy, like helping with brand, brand building, brand messaging, 
uh, social media, kind of all of it, um, oh. brand planning. Um, I have a proxy, uh, this woman, Jackie, who does kind of the sales marketing side of it. And the two of us work together to, right. to do all of it across, you know, there's multiple brands there. And um, so you're, are you on salary? How yeah. do they, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm in house as of June 1st. Right. So and huh. it's been super fun. It's amazing. So it's been, you know, I am definitely not, if you were to take like a menage a trois, like I'm probably not qualified to be the director of marketing for a brand like that. But because Charles's take on everything from brand to, to wine is very much um, personality driven and quality over quantity, um, it just works, it just flows together. So we both mm. think about marketing and perspective and talking to the public and consumer relations. We think about it all in the same way. So it, it really meshes. Right. You know, his background is in rock and roll. He was a famously a band manager in the eighties and nineties. Uh, what were some of the bands that he So the big band that he was behind was uh this band the Ravenettes. Um and so he managed them until my timeline could be a little bit off, like the late nineties, and then he went to Walla Walla to make wine. And then a few years later had a hundred point wine and was off to the races. Yeah. So that's from K Vintners, which he still has. Um yeah. and uh yeah, now I live in Sonoma County. Which is yeah, so you're wine. allowed to do you're allowed to do that, but then also have free time to do other things that you want to do. Yeah. So, um, I mean, the wine film project is kind of its own thing. Um, I, I don't know that he would be excited if I was to be like, so I'm going to go to, you know, constellation and do marketing for right. someone. Right. Um, but my own creative energy is, is my own, you know, um, he, early on in this sponsored, we did a zine of wine film shots and he sponsored it. Um, and it, it works, you know, he's all of his brands, it's creativity driven. Um, it's creative and sophisticated and, and artistic. And so I think in my own like artistic pursuits, it's complimentary for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think he was one of the first people that started getting away from the traditional quote unquote California style light labels. Right. I mean, he started doing, identifying different labels with different wines. Yep. Um, with, and he, yeah, he was the Kung Fu Girl Riesling and all that. The Charles Smith wines, which he's since sold, like those were very powerful, like almost rock and roll driven labels. He did sell Charles Smith brand? He did, yep. He mm -hmm. sold it in, I'm totally going to get this wrong. No, that's right. Like 2016 or 17, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. And and, I think that's what's fueled in this funding, like planting Pinot Noir in Washington yeah, and right. all these things that he's doing. 300 plus acres right. of Pinot Noir. Yeah. And then we have Substance, which is our our biggest brand at the moment. Um, you can From Stoner Ridge Vineyards. No, that's Stone actually, Ridge. that's a single Stone vineyard. Ridge. We <laughs> also have... Uh, uh, Celebrity Jeopardy. <laughs> Stoner Ridge. Stoner Ridge. Um, I'll so take the rapist for five. <laughs> Whoa. That's therapist, Brian. That's therapist. <laughs> Wait a minute. What are we selling? Um, yeah, Substance is the biggest brand. And then there's Vino, Golden West, Sixto. There's a, there's a bunch of them. But it's been a lot of fun. Um, I never thought of myself as someone who would even be involved in marketing. But then it was pointed out to me when they offered me the job. And I was like, wait, what, really? That that's what I've been doing all along, you know, creating content for brands like Patagonia or Ram Trucks or whoever else I'm working with. It's really the same thing. It's storytelling. And, you know, I have a love for hearing people's stories and I have a love for talking, as you probably noticed, and telling stories. So it's having that ability to do that 
especially with a brand like Substance, it's already everywhere. It's in every Safeway. It's in Costco. It's out there. To be able to take that and then kind of like craft that story and see how that story is told is pretty pretty awesome. I like a platform, so it's it's a lot of fun. And uh, so, when did you move here? I moved here. So my daughter started going to UC Santa Cruz last September uh-huh. um, from Cape Cod, Massachusetts. And uh, so you just followed along. Kind of. We lived out here for a long time <laughs> and then moved back in like 2003 to the Cape. And then the house that we were living in, um, property values like everywhere, like exploded on Cape Cod during COVID because of the white flight from New York for the most part. Um, and so a house that we could have bought for $500,000 in 2018 and we're like, eh, I don't think it's worth it. I don't want to buy it. She's like, well, I'm selling it for $1.2 million now, yeah. so you got to go. And we're like, okay. And there's not a lot of places to live there slash we wanted to move out back out to the west coast uh both to follow bella because i was working with the winery and then um, i work with a lot of bands uh, particularly uh, my friend has a band called modest mouse based out of portland oregon sure. it's nice to be out close Ding. To <laughs> <laughs> and uh so yeah also fuck winter <laughs> and humidity exactly. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and the wine shopping is way better out here yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's number one who's number one someplace that doesn't get down to negative 12 yeah. and yet somehow is the the beauty of new england winters is it's like it's 22 degrees but still like 80 percent humidity you're like i don't know how this is possible but also it's so you can feel the cold all the way to like completely the essence you. of your yeah. soul yeah it inspired people like thoreau to write beautiful poetry and people like me to move west exactly less hardy folk like myself to get out of there but um so people who want to um see the photos follow along it's the best way to just uh, yeah. follow JJJJJ Joiner on exactly yeah. So it's J James Joiner J O I N E R on all social media or jjamesjoiner.com or you could always just stalk Sam at uh, sixteen winery sixteen six hundred <laughs> and see the photos of him and in Phil. Uh, and the Rossi Ranch. And Rossi The drone Ranch. shots of the Rossi Ranch. I'm excited to dig into those. The a drone bit. shots are good. I really wish the time lapse was better. Uh, we talked about this on the previous podcast that I jumped in on, but um went out to catch the last supermoon of the year, the sturgeon moon. And in my head, it was going to be this like massive dinner plate rising in the sky. And instead was sort of like a sickly firefly when it came up. Um, <laughs> and so I got to hang out and eat a lot of grapes off the vine. And right. am I supposed to say that? I mean, the, um, the, the, the mountains are pretty high from that view. It's already up pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I figured there was something wrong when moonrise is at eight twenty, And by nine, I still hadn't seen it. I was like, right. Oh man. I might have miscalculated, but I was up there and it was it was a beautiful night. Um, so. I've been looking at this one photo here of the Rossi and Sam. I've taken that same picture a million yeah. times. And is it that good? No, it yeah. always looks like <laughs> shit. I mean, Which that's why I've never printed it. Oh yeah, well it it helps to have a ten thousand dollar digital medium format camera. As opposed to an iPhone. shout out to Fuji Films. Yeah. So. <laughs> Not shot on an iPhone. Yeah, not shot. Hashtag not shot on an iPhone. <laughs> Sorry, Steve Jobs. That's pretty awesome. Couple more years. Yeah, that's like a 600 millimeter zoom lens to make it look that big. It was definitely, um, I sent you the time lapse. You're like, it's really cool. It's really cool. It's dark. And you're like, I think there's something happening. Car drove by. And you're like, and it's over. Yeah. Because we, next, the next supermoon will find you a better view. Uh, you know, this, it would have been, in retrospect, I don't think I would have gone up high. Right. I wasn't thinking it through. I was thinking about it from a guy 
who's been living below sea level for the past however many years. So most of your life. Yeah. You know, on Cape Cod, the super moon rises and a, it's magnified by diffraction off the ocean. Um, I'm pretty sure. You know, the best place to get that would be like on highway 37 when it's coming over the low mountains and you can see over the bay and it's yeah. huge. But yeah, I wouldn't I mean, have like, gotten I'm, free shots of fucking Rossi Ridge. Well, if I'm, just saying, I'm, ta- I'm, I'm talking about for him next I, I mean, time. I even think about like, even just right down off of Arnold drive, you know those views where it's kind of expansive yeah. when it comes up over like, that yeah, it's yeah, pretty out there like yeah fowler creek yeah felder creek yeah. it roads yeah it's low out there yeah it was yeah it was um it was also the first time lapse i've ever shot so i was like <laughs> i was like i'll give it well, a so go. it's the best one you've done how hard can it be <laughs> exactly. um but no, it was def- it was worth it for the for the regular photos. I do love that the next day the San Francisco Chronicle had that shot of like <laughs> the city skyline with the moon. Oh, yeah. This it was like bigger than the city, and I'm like, uh huh, okay, yeah. Adobe, yeah, power move. But... <laughs> right on, awesome, and dead air, dead no. air. No, no, no. Hey, you know that, that's if you totally, made it this far, totally you get one percent off your first James Joiner print you buy. Perfect. You do go. I sell prints? You do <laughs> now you do. Amazing. Yeah. Wait, does that mean I have to print prints? Because I'm lazy. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah send them to John. Yeah. I'll Perfect. Send them to John. Done. Perfect. All right. Well, we, we plugged your Instagram and your social media. Charles Smith, yep. uh, houseofsmithwines.com. Houseofsmithwines.com. Yep. Yeah. If right. Charles is ever down this way, send him our well, way. We're going to go up there. Oh, we're going to get Charles on. We're going to get Charles. Charles is we're either a way better talker than him. Yeah. And we're definitely getting him on. Yeah. And um, everyone should absolutely go and try Golden West Pinot Noir because yeah. it's pretty rad. Yeah. It's delicious. Uh, shout outs. The wine club is out. We did That was the last episode that yep. we did today. Yep. Uh, wine club is out. Phil sent me fall 2022. So are you saying that your email went out and it has all the timestamps and everything? Yep. If I say it now, does that make it real? <laughs> it does, Sam. Put the pressure on yeah. By when are we putting this show out? <laughs> I better, better hurry up. Better stop talking and start writing. I was like, I don't have an email from you, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're messing with our sense of, we're playing with time and space right, right now. Yeah, I know. Uh, what even is time? Yeah, exactly. Thank you. The email is not late because time is a... F- concept it's fluid um very fluid the 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 phil Couturier dinner is sold out by now no no <laughs> no, no, no. No, no we haven't even we haven't even announced it anywhere except for on this oh, podcast perfect so still time can you buy a ticket i'm pretty sure we bought tickets already i saw something come through yesterday or today so okay. it's possible yeah. right. I, mean, I hope we, we did sold tickets we sold guess, tickets i guess i ought to buy a ticket better buy a I'm, ticket i'm asking for my wine before i guess i ought to buy <laughs> a ticket. pictures there too yes okay by all means all right great Check it all out. I gotta go to work. Brian's got to go to work. All I have, right, I have a call. All right, it's been a great day. Thanks for watching. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Thanks for watching. Thanks for watching. If you if you can see this podcast, <laughs> it's time next, to put down the bottle of nineteen crimes. Yeah. See you next week. Lock Talk up to your everybody. bike. There you go. Thanks. <laughs>